Welcome to Offbeat Tracks, episode 109-er. Nope. 109-er. 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 I approve of that. <laughs> I don't know where that came <laughs> from. Offbeat Tracks. We, we, we could, uh, wait, if we're going to do NATO speak, then wouldn't that mean our show would be called, what, Oscar Bravo Tango? Did I get that right? Oscar Bravo, Oscar Bravo Tango. Yeah. That does not work well when you say it all together. We should change the name of the show to Oscar that. Oscar Bravo Tango. <laughs> Oscar Bravo 109er. Tango. 109er. <laughs> Oscar Bravo Tango. 109er. Anyway, happy Monday. Hello. Hello. Sorry we're confusing you. We're pilots now. <laughs> we're No, we're just ham radio operators. We're ham radio operators. No, uh, we're just very... We're, we're kind of ham radio operators. I mean, we're okay. sitting in front of a radio console right now. A microphone. Two microphones and a radio console. That makes us ham radio operators, right? Uh, I mean, I guess we have to actually be like transmitting something. Is that is that a club you have to um, get special? Yeah, I think you do have to have a license uh, for that. Mm. Oh well. well uh, so arrest us, FBI, the real one, the real FBI. <laughs> yeah, the right. Fake FBI. We're the fake FBI, the one that matters. Thank you very much, the Forensic Baltimore Institute. <laughs> the one that matters. <laughs> if you're very confused by that, go listen to our Baltimore episode yes, or anything after where we just where we where we bring it up anytime there's a there's an old pop music mystery to solve, anyway. including does Baltimore sing his own music? And you know what? That's actually a good segue because I think this might be a little bit of an FBI episode. You know? Yeah, we there is a, there are going to be a couple of FBI questions I here. I agree. There's a lot of this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about it. So today we're talking about uh, two groups. We we have we're kind of doing a uh, a Frankenstein episode, if you will. Frankenstein. <laughs> yes. uh, but they're all centered around uh, the same dude. Uh, one of our favorite dudes, Mr. Mm. Vince Clark. My boo. Who we love. God, he's the best. He's the best. I mean, he really is. Vince Vince Clark is. He's the dude. He's the bro. He's the man. He's the best. He's the queen. He's everything. I don't know if I would ever call him a bro. Yeah, you're right. He's not very broy. I'm sorry. I shouldn't call anyone that I like a bro. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to be. Yeah, you're right. Unless he's literally your brother and you just don't have the time to there say the second syllable. So if for some reason you're listening to this show and you don't know who Vince Clark is, that's okay. Uh, we're we're not in the business of shaming here um, for people who like good music anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince Clark was uh, a producer or still is a producer, I should say. I don't know why I said was like he's not still yeah, very he's active. Still doing a ton um, of stuff. Vince Clark basically is synth pop. He is the genre of synth pop. He is. (laughs) This is his lifeblood. Um, He started out uh, in Depeche Mode. That was his first breakthrough. I mean, he didn't start in Depeche Mode. That was his breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he left Depeche Mode after, like, what, one album? One album. And then formed Yaz, which is my favorite band of all time. Known Mm -hmm. Yazoo everywhere else that's not the U.S., but we call them Yaz here. You know them for Situation, Don't Go, et cetera, et cetera. And probably Only You, which got used in the 90s movie Can't Hardly Wait, which made me very excited at the time. And Napoleon Dynamite. And Napoleon Dynamite. You're Mm -hmm. correct. Uh, So... We're talking today about a project, though, that Vince uh, formed shortly after leaving Yaz, because uh, most people know him now as a member of Erasure. My booze. Which he's been in since 1985. Danielle blew my mind when she tossed this episode idea at me several weeks ago and said, hey, Vince Clark was in a group between Yaz and Erasure. And I went, what? Yeah. I had no idea. He's done a lot of little stuff like that that just was like... We're going to do this. And he's like, we're not doing it anymore. Bye. So today we are talking about this little stopgap one-off group that Vince Clark was in between Yaz and Erasure and also uh, another group that they produced 
in that yeah. in that short interim. And the only reason I brought it up is because I like found it when I was downloading a whole bunch of Vince Clark stuff when I first started getting into him, and it was just like this little thing, and I never knew anything about them, and I actually forgot their name for ten years, and it just popped in my head a couple weeks ago, and I was like, this one, Max, Max. Okay, so if you're younger than thirty years old, let me explain something to you about the early two thousands. <laughs> if you liked eighties music and you were a kid in the late nineties and early two thousands. What you did when you found out about every exciting new 80s group that you didn't know about, because like at the time, the Internet was very nascent and like you you would see like a a commercial for a compilation CD and it was like, whoa, who's that band? They're dressed cool. I love the the three seconds they just played of that song. I'm going to go on the Internet and find every single thing I can about this group, which usually involved Napster or Kazaa or LimeWire. I was a LimeWire. At every time of day, you would like type in their name and just see what would come up and then. Pray to God that the one guy in Belfast who was sharing this file was going to like the, the the transatlantic fiber optic pipelines were going to let it come across to you so you could hear this glorious 80s music that at the time you had no other way to get your hands on. And then you get to college and you get the T1 line in your dorm. Right. And then you and you're just, like, oh, that's all you do all day. And then like dorms figured out about 2004 or five, like mm, file sharing is bad. And then they started putting the band hammer down. But we had a good run for a couple of years there. It was awesome. Yeah. So uh, anyway, <laughs> that was a long intro because there's not a lot of music material, frankly, to talk about because this band only released one single ever. Mm-hmm. They are called, by the way, The Assembly. We have not. We are now, what, six <laughs> minutes into this episode? We haven't okay. said the name of the if group yet. If you're listening to this, you've looked at the title. You know what we're talking yes. about. So I this, hope you can read. This group is called The Assembly. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Vince Clark and Eric Radcliffe. Yes. Of Upstairs at Eric's, the yes. Oz album. That's, mm-hmm. that's him because... Uh, Vince's studio was on the ground floor, and then where they recorded upstairs at Eric's was in the studio above Vince's studio upstairs at Eric's. And they literally had no other title that they could do, so they were like, where are we right now? Well, I'm upstairs at Eric's. We're upstairs at Eric's, and that was the album. Um, So the assembly formed literally the same year that Yaz broke up. Yep. 1983, which is just very, very interesting, because Yaz basically was so tumultuous that they they never toured the second album, um, it wasn't until they, they got back together in 2008 and reformed and did their little one-off tour that Vince and Allison Moyet even spoke to each other. Yeah. Um, and I also think, like, from what I can read, which is crazy now, because I'm, you know, knowing and following Vince for so many years, like, he tours like crazy. He didn't like that part of it back then. He didn't like touring. No. He didn't like any of it. He just kind of wanted to be in the studio doing that stuff. Right, that's his so thing. So he hated, like, that's one of the reasons he left Depeche Mode, because he was like, I don't really want to do this like exactly. that. And so it's kind of weird thinking about him now, because Erasure's, like, always on tour. Right. So, and they're, like, constantly doing I feel stuff. like he, you know. I guess he got cool with yeah, it. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's gained his footing and yeah. he gained his confidence. So, I, mean, I think that's but, probably a lot of why these are like little short things before Erasure, because he probably was like, I don't really know what to do with it. I don't want to do that part. Why do I keep doing this? Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the only single that uh, the Assembly ever released. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about it to B-side as well. But mostly we're going to talk about uh, this song, Never Never. So this is uh, Vince Clark and Eric Radcliffe, two guys who are not singers. They're producers. Eric is even more of an engineer than a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came up with this song, Never, Never, and they needed a vocalist. So they got Fiergal Sharkey. Um, <laughs> who, let's get super British about it. Yeah, who do you like, call when you're in England and you need a singer? <laughs> Let me get my, fa- my, song, my, uh, my mate Fiergal Sharkey here. <laughs> Fiergal Sharkey may be the most British person ever. What I mean, that name? Right. Like, I do not think you can get, you can get more British than Fiergal Sharkey. Mm-hmm. 
So he was in a punk group. Um, I don't punk, punk. Are they punk? Punky, proto-punk, glam, whatever they are. The Undertones is what they were called. They formed in like the mid-70s. Um, they're known for the song Teenage Kicks, which One Direction randomly sort of covered a few years ago. Do you remember British that? As <laughs> yeah, British as hell. British as hell. So Virgo Sharkey was the vocalist for this group, and he had just left them because I guess he wanted to go a different direction and was ready to start his solo career. So Vince and Eric, it just kind of worked out. They were like, hey, bro, come sing this song. They ran into Again each with other the bro. At, Why do I keep doing that? <laughs> they ran into each other at a tea party. Yeah, right. Let's probably. Assume, we let's we just made make that this up. as British as possible. We, we, we don't know that. We made that up. <laughs> So um, Vince and Eric wrote Never Never, and they composed it on the Fairlight CMI, which we talked about um, on the Ebenozen episode. Ebenozen. And uh, I think the idea of the Assembly Project, from what I can gather from interviews where it's mentioned, because it's only ever mentioned here and there, is that they wanted to do like a different vocalist on every song and have yeah. an album where they had somebody different sing each one. But then it just kind of never happened. It's like the original <laughs> Santana album was Rob Thomas on the Smooth, the Supernatural album. See, there you go. He stole it from Vince Clark's idea that he never did. There it is. Um, Fearful Sharky has just this very unmistakable voice to me. Yes. Like, you know, you know, it's him singing. And it, I, I kind of have a, I feel like I have an odd relationship with Fearful Sharky's voice because the first time I heard it, I was just like, okay, well, kind of whiny, not really for me, but it really does kind of grow on you. Yeah, it does. And it, it works in certain spaces better in, than in others. Like, I don't think well. anyone else could have sung this song except for Fearful Sharky. He's like yeah. literally the perfect choice to sing this song. Yeah, it works really well here. Because he deals, he, he he can deliver this emotion. He's got this very warbly voice, this very soft, warbling voice, and it just works so well with this song. And I think one of the things I love about Vince Clark produced stuff is, like, I don't, he's very good at making, like, kind of a bouncy synth kind of a fun thing, but that's, like, really kind of dark and sad and melancholy. Because, you know, I love the sad songs mm -hmm. that sound happy. I love that. This is not as high energy as some of the other ones. But also he gets a big singer who can sing the hell out of something. It's always like dramatic, fun vocals. Like yeah. Samoye is like that. Yes, exactly. But um, they, they never, like, aside maybe from Only You, they never really got to have a Torch song. No, but I know. And this, can... this is almost like the Torch song he oh. probably wanted to write. Yeah. During the Yaz years, but then he then he kind of found his footing with Eric and and found his right vocalist with Virgil Sharkey, and it just it all came together, and it's, this was the result. It's fantastic. I'd like to be with you. I guess you always knew. Still, I'm all alone. I know the story, but it all worked out. It never happens to. So that song was a big hit in the UK. I believe it was only released in the UK. Um, I, I, I don't think it ever hit, uh, released in the US. Um, it was a number four hit. Um, fun fact, though, it did resurface years and years and years later in the US uh, because it is included uh, in the video game Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories. It is on the soundtrack of the Emotion 98.3 radio station. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, shout out to the, the guys who did the music direction on those Grand Theft Auto games because... Um, we've brought them up like on the Scarface episode, but they whoever does the music direction on those and picks the songs for the radio station does a fantastic job yes. at really digging and pulling out perfect tracks and making radio that actually sounds like 1980s radio or, you know, whatever the appropriate era. Um, so shout out to them. Now, I think that it is 
kind of important and interesting to contextualize these two assembly songs um, within the the idea that Vince was between Yaz and Erasure at this time. Mm -hmm. Because you have uh, Never Never, which to me is kind of proto-erasure, don't you think? I mean, it kind, bit, yeah. of, it kind of sounds like the first erasure song. Mm -hmm. Aside from Fiergal Sharky's voice, which, I mean, I guess Andy Bell has a sort of similar delivery. Oh, yeah, he's got a big old voice, too. That's what makes but, it... But, like, I could have, like, that could have been an erasure song. Like, Easily. if, if Fiergal if Fiergal Sharky Easily. didn't sing it, like, if you had played that for me and some other person, I would have been like, okay, this, this might be an erasure song. Like, you could have fooled me into thinking it's an erasure song. Yeah. Now, the B-side, on the other hand, Stop Start... This, to me, sounds like the last Yaz song. Yes. This sounds to me like something that he probably was already cooking on mm -hmm. during the Yaz sessions and then ended up sticking it as the B-side on this. Yes. Do you, do you think so, too? I can see that, definitely. And even he kind of goes back to that kind of sound, too, even in like the 90s. Yes. Like, he kind of goes back to it. So it's not un-erasure, but it's still very Vince Clark. It's the it two is sides very Vince of Vince Clark. Yes. I, the yes, A side and the B side. Yes, this is exactly. the A side of Vince Clark, and this is the B side of Vince right, Clark. Right, he's right. That's what's so interesting about him as a producer, because he can do these really emotional songs like Never Never when he's got the right vocalist. Yep. But then he also does just these straight up, like, interesting electronic synth pop dance bangers. Yes. And that's what Stop Start is. It's this. It's an instrumental track. Um, it has the uh, Casio VL1 click that you is most famous from Trios Da Da Da. I know. Yeah, I was like, is that like a real like, <laughs> is that considered a sample of Da Da Da, which I like? Yes. Fine. But yeah, oh my God, I love it. I love. Yeah, this, this song's a this banger. This to me is the assembly that I love. Like, I like Never Never. It's fine. But I when I first started listening to the assembly, the first time I ever heard this whole thing, I was like, Stop Start is it. Like, I want to make lyrics for it. Yeah, totally. So bad. And it's there, too. And I, it's funny you say that, because I, I started thinking about that as I was listening to it repeatedly. I was like, I can totally hear Alison Moyette singing over oh, this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ripe for it. I don't know if he was just like, no, I'm going to keep it like this. Put it on there. So those are the only two songs ever released by The Assembly. Makes me wonder if there were any that wound up on the cutting room floor. but Or and, or any that were going to be on The Assembly and then ended up in Erasure or exactly. somewhere else, you know? Exactly. I'm sure there were. Maybe. Maybe we should. That's that. No, that's an interesting idea to go revisit that first Erasure album. What was it? Was it Circus? What was the first Erasure album? Uh, the first one. Was, was, was 1985, right? Uh, yes. it's The first single was... Um, uh, something about love like that. Love like that. Who needs love like that? Oh, yeah, that's the first one. I can't remember what the name of that okay. album is. I well, think it's a oh, Wonderland. One, that's it. Wonderland. That, that is it. It's Wonderland, and it, that would be interesting to go back and listen to Wonderland and think of it again in the context of the assembly and and wonder, you know, yeah. if any of those started as, as assembly songs. Anyway, so if, I'm sure you've noticed by now in the title of this episode, we have another band, uh, yes. Absolute. So. Here's the deal with Absolute. They appear to be a three-piece project mm -hmm. that Vince and Eric, as the assembly, assembled 
and were going to produce an album for them. Mm-hmm. But then again, ended up only producing one single. Um, Absolute did, as far as we can tell, release uh, two singles. We're going to talk about both. But it does not appear to me that Vince and Eric had anything to do with the second one. That's what I think, yes. Okay. We're still going to talk about it because, uh, you know, why would we ever come back to talk about Absolute again? <laughs> so we're here, <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. But actually, before we get into their uh, first single, we're going to talk about uh, the, I guess, the Absolute demo track. I don't know what it is. It's like this, some... So this is the one that Danielle initially sent me when we were talking about this episode. So it's this song called The Merry-Go-Round. Yes. And the clip of it that exists has an intro from some radio presenter. And he's saying, oh, here we're here with Vince Clark and Eric Radcliffe and these guys. I don't. Does he refer to them as the assembly on in the recording? I don't think he does. No, I think he's just... He says, just says, this is their new project, Absolute. Yeah. And then they, and they're, we're here in, in their studio. Somewhere in SC1. I always remember that. <laughs> um, so this was probably 1984. I mean, it had to be sometime... 84, 85, or early 85. Right. I don't know. It had to be sometime before Erasure and after Yaz. So we don't know exactly when this was. Um, but I can tell you this. Um, at first I was like, well, this song never saw the light of day. I don't know who got this. Like Somebody taped it off the radio. But I found out this song is actually on a cassette sampler that came out in July of 1985 called yeah. the Electronic Soundmaker and Computer Music Wow, that sampler. sounds... I, and I guess they this was like a monthly thing that was like showing off new gear, new music. That's cool. Uh, but it is on that tape. Interesting. Yeah, um, see, this is just a clip I found when I was downloading stuff, and it sounded like it was on the radio, and... Exactly. It um, sounded ridiculous every time I listened to it, but I loved it so much. Yes. Um, so I guess they recorded this at Splendid Studios. Let's go on and listen to a little piece of this. I just love it. I think it is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So here's here's a little piece of uh, Absolute's demo track, The Merry-Go-Round. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, was, that was a smooth way. Of, I didn't even do that on purpose. Uh-huh. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love it so much. And also, if you it's so to the Vince whole, Clark too. The whole little radio clip thing is great because I really love when they just go hello, hello, absolutely. Oh yeah, hello. It, like, <laughs> that's right. I think that was what originally endeared me fully to like Vince. And they Clark. introduce and it like, together. They all at the same time go the merry-go-round. Merry go <laughs> it is so beautifully um, yeah, finished. That we'll put that whole thing in the on the website yes. for this. Mm-hmm. It'll be on the episode page for this episode on our website, which by yeah. the way is offbeattrackscast.com. Um, I also love at the end of that clip how the radio presenter says, "By now, absolute might be household oh, no. names." And they are not. <laughs> And where's the, oh. and like you know for the I want to ha- I want to have that guy's optimism and like for the last fifteen years I'm trying to figure out who the hell are these guys right so <laughs> let's let, uh, that's that's actually the next note I have so yeah. absolute appears to be three people named named John Thomas lol Paul Johnson and Taffy yeah I guess that's how we pronounce it yeah. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out who the hell these people are. The absolute singles are these people's only credits. 
with no mm-hmm. idea. Because usually, like, even with these people who are on these one-off singles, you can find, like, oh, they played keyboards on such and such for somebody else, or they sang backup. No. These guys have no other credits on anything. Yeah, no idea who they too. are. It doesn't help, too, that they have names like John Thomas, LOL, that's funny, right. by the way. The only thing that uh, would have been funnier Paul is Johnson. if... <laughs> I thought I might get a... I thought I might get something with Taffy. I'm like, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's at least the, the only thing that would have been funnier was if their names were John Thomas and and like Tom Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it's so like it's so like, close. It's John Thomas and Paul Johnson. I'm just saying they might have done something great, but their names are so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're not connected with Absolute. I know that right. if they ever did anything else. I'm assuming Listen, they're accountants. I'm putting nothing past us. We're amazing. We dug up the guy from File 13 and got the whole File 13 story. Yes. So I have full faith that we can find these guys from Absolute, I'm too. I'm <laughs> trying. If anyone out there knows anything, I just want to know. So let's talk about the actual single that Absolute released that uh, Vince and Eric, as the Assembly, I guess, produced. Um, it was called TV Glare. Um, and the writing credits did go to John Thomas, Paul Johnson, and Taffy, yes, the three guys of Absolute. Know, that's the only reason we know who they are. Correct. That's the only credit they have. Um... I feel like the, the, like, okay, so the song itself is like this new wave. It's very, very new wave, like very it. British new wave, like to the, to the very rock side of new wave. It's high energy fun too, though. Yes. Super um, fun. It's kind of about loving a celebrity that you've never met. Yeah. Is that the impression you got to from me, it too? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not deep. No, but it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's like this idea that like, even if you don't know someone, it's like you, you can develop this intimate relationship with a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at us being analytical over the lyrics of Absolute. We are, even though we have no idea who Taffy is. No. Damn it, Taffy. Damn you, Taffy. <laughs> I want to be obsessed with you, even though I don't know you. He was the prettiest. But the problem is, I really don't know you, Mm-mm. who you are, Taffy. That's right. Um, yeah, no, what I like about this song being a Vince Clark thing, this is so different from Vince Clark anything else. So different. So different. So I wonder if, like, when they, you know, get their little, like, reset records things, that's Vince Clark and Eric Radcliffe, if they were really thinking of getting artists and having varied things that they were going to do as far as production before probably Erasure blew up and Vince Clark stuck with that. But I just wonder if that was, like, going to be the prototype for other stuff that they were planning to do with reset records. Because this is so different. it, It really is. It's good, but it's different. So hold to love. We're also going to talk about the B-side to TV Glare, which is a lovely song called At the Third Stroke. I'm so into this. This is so good. It's It's very, it's like super high energy new wave. um, And it's it's mostly an instrumental track. And I say mostly because through the majority of it, it's instrumental. But then like these weird like (laughs) airport announcements kind of come in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but whatever, like I'm here for it, dude. I love, yeah, I, I mean, love the instrumentation. This, this is Vince Clark just totally yeah, being Vince Clark. And it is so good, so good.
As I mentioned a bit ago, Absolute did release one other single. It does not appear that Eric and Vince had anything to do with this one, but we're going to talk about it yeah, anyway. Yeah, this had a different producer on it, um, and it sounds different. This is like 1987, too. Yes, this is so, so this would have been two years later, I guess, because yeah. I, I think the first one came out in 85. It was either yeah. 85 or 86. Um, but here we go. Uh, this one's called Can't You See. Um, I can't. No, I can't either. I, mean, I, I think it's a very immemorable song. It's like darker to me, and I don't really like. I mean, I'm fine with darker. It's not really my thing, but I like a Vince Clark darker. Yeah, it's I almost love the Vince Clark dark. It's almost like kind of fringing on goth rock a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and I, it's not the stuff I love. No, um, and it doesn't work for me. The stuff I love about Absolute, the little I know about them, and Old Taffy over here. Old Taffy. It's not. This is not damn it, what Taffy. I love of it. So damn it, Taffy. Damn, damn you, Taffy. I'm on It also has a very interesting B-side, though, uh, called Love in My Heart. Yeah. Which is this instrumental um, that is kind of uh, churchy, almost. I mean, it kind of sounds like a big cathedral. It's weird. But it's like this four-minute instrumental that just, it's like this very soft, I don't know, cathedral-sounding instrumental. I don't know any other way it's to describe a, it. It's such a weird band, isn't it? It is. It's, that's what like fascinates me about them. Maybe if I knew more about them. I know. It wouldn't fascinate me as much, but I think it's just a combination of no. But here we are confused because right, this this extremely like gothy A side with this very cathedrally soft B side. I don't know. God damn it, Taffy. <laughs> So that's it. That's all the music by The Assembly and Absolute. You yeah. have now heard both of their entire discography. And Absolute remains um, an absolute mystery. An absolute mystery. And The Assembly is The Assembly. And uh, the good news for you, if you want some of this music, um, there is a CDR that was only released in Austria, I believe, 10 years ago. Lando Falco. No Good luck surprised. finding one, though. Uh, there were only 100 copies pressed, apparently, uh, but it was called A Journey Through Vince's Unknown Projects, and it has all of the absolute songs on it. So that, okay. that is as far as Maybe I can tell. Maybe it has some liner notes that says who the hell these jerks are. Maybe, but that's apparently the only time these songs saw the light of day on CD, other than their initial, like, seven-inch pressings. The first two were just literally just seven-inch singles released, and then absolute went... Phew, Goodbye. Yeah, I don't. Um, regarding the assembly, though, um, I love this little bit of trivia. So, just uh, seven years ago, mm. 2011, um, at the Short Circuit Music Festival, Vince Clark was performing, and he brought out his buddy Fergal Sharkey, and they performed "Never Never" together. So, this may be history's only assembly live performance. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so it's very it, weird. it did happen. Yes. I don't know if Eric was there. I don't think he was. But it was Vincent Fiergel, and that's enough for me to call it an assembly live performance. Yes. And I will stand by that. And we all love Vince Clark a lot. Yes, uh, we do. Erasure is on tour right now. I think they're still on tour. They're on tour right now. They, I feel like Erasure is always on tour. They are. Um, but the problem is they're not always on tour near me at a no. time when I can go, which is why I've only seen them twice. But I did see them like three weeks ago in Indianapolis. And it was awesome. And if you are one of those people who is becoming elderly and has too many jobs and works too much, their set isn't very long. So even if you go to a show two hours away like I did, you'll be home by like 1230. It was the best show I've ever been to, mostly because I got home like a little after midnight. And that was fantastic. Look I'm at you gonna... doing your part to help our geriatric listeners. Yes, that's yeah, that was like my favorite part. I was like, yeah, I enjoyed the <laughs> dancing. And I love, you know, Vince Clark and Andy Bell. But also, I didn't think I was going to get home till like two. And look at me. Like, I, I totally get, get it, my, my dude. I totally get it. Before I go to sleep. <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> like, it's the best there surprise. you go. Erasure, the touring band for geriatric music fans <laughs> who just yeah. want to be home in bed by 1230. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Even if they have to drive two hours. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Danielle, for for digging this up and dragging it to my attention. I'm very I, I will. I've slept better knowing that Vince Clark was in another weird group between Yaz and Erasure. And it also <laughs> makes me wonder what other ones there are, too, that I don't even know about. Who that knows? I did not happen upon an old British radio clip of. There you so, go. Who knows? Maybe eventually we'll get another assembly. Maybe we'll get the proper assembly album. Maybe he can just get like modern vocalists. Like imagine like the assembly. I don't know if I need an elderly Fiergel Sharky in my life. No, but the point was other vocalists. Oh, good point. Like imagine the assembly and here's a song by sung by Adele and here's one sung by Carly Rae Jepsen and here's one sung by Justin Bieber and here's one sung by Daddy Yankee. I don't know. I'm just naming people now. Oh my God, I would do a Daddy Yankee assembly. (laughs) Oh my God. That is a mashup I would live for. There's the question we throw out this week. Who is your dream uh, uh, assembly collab? Who would you like to see front an assembly song? I am like an unabashed Daddy Yankee stan, and I will not wow. apologize for it. Okay. I, like, it's like bro stuff, I guess. It is bro but stuff. But here's the thing. I don't care as long as I enjoy every single thing that person <laughs> does, and I have fun every time Daddy Yankee appears on anything. Respect. I have a great time. So Daddy Yankee can mash up with anybody we talk about on the show, and I'm going to love it. Respect. That new single he has out with Janet Jackson is... Oh, it's fire, dope. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is. Like, as soon as I saw Daddy Yankee on there, I was like, cool, she could be farting into the microphone. I'm going to like it. I'm going to like <laughs> no, it. No, it's a great song. Daddy Yankee lightens a room. <laughs> Daddy Yankee lightens a room. <laughs> I guess that's what we're meant to take away from this episode. <laughs> You can hear all of our previous episodes, none of which have anything to do with Daddy Yankee, much like this one, Yet. Uh, on <laughs> offbeattrackscast.com. Oh, and we're also on Twitter if you want to get a hold of us on the social medias and talk about how much you love Daddy Yankee. Uh, we're at Offbeat Tracks. Yes. So please email us, tweet us, preferably not about Daddy Yankee, or uh, unless Danielle's willing to field those tweets, you go right ahead. <laughs> let's, let's talk about our favorite Daddy Yankee right. moments. We're back with one of our Superlatives episodes next week. We are. And I'm very excited about it. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.